Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome back, listeners, to the second installment in my Kingsman movie review series. Today I am reviewing Kingsman The Golden Circle. This is your host, Corbin. And if you're ready to jump straight into the review, check out the description below. We've got timestamps down there, links to our social pages, a curated list of reviews to listen to after this one, and all kinds of other great just nuggets of gold down in that description below. So make sure to check that out. And no matter where you're listening, make sure to click subscribe. If you haven't already, you're not going to want to miss the upcoming reviews. And we have a huge catalog in the archives of tons of other movie reviews. So make sure to check that out and leave us five stars. That's a great free way to help us out. Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Now, if you missed your guide to the Golden Circle that came out last week, go ahead. That's the first link in the description below. Go ahead and give a listen on that. That'll give you... You know, production, box office, scores, all of the juicy details leading up to the premiere of the sequel back in 2017. So I did not get to see the movie back then. I was in my second to last year of college. I was very busy trying to earn my degree. So I didn't have a lot of time to go to the movies, especially for movies where I hadn't seen the first one. Remember, I saw the first one in December 2017. So there wasn't I wasn't going to go see this one and I wasn't going to go out of my way to hunt down a rental copy of the first film. So I actually just saw this movie for the first time with this review. But I do remember seeing the trailers back in 2017. Would the trailers have got me into theaters back then? Clearly, they didn't, even if I had enough time. I thought these trailers looked fun. I thought, you know what? That looks fun. Oh, wow, they made a second one already. I, I need to get around to that franchise sometime. I need to catch up. Never did until this point. And that's probably because I watched the first one back in 2017, and I thought, well, that's perfectly fine. And if I don't think the sequel has ever hit any streaming service that I've been a part of until now that Disney has acquired Fox. It is in and off. It's like in and out of Hulu. It's kind of annoying. So this one, I actually had to go to Redbox to pick up. Thankfully, Redbox had it um, on Blu-ray. I had some points. So this one, no skin off my nose. This one didn't cost me anything to watch. But coming back to the trailer, the trailer has a great song over the tie over the whole thing, kind of a Frank Sinatra type song. Maybe it is Frank Sinatra. I don't know. Uh, very classic song gives you a great feeling. It is an exciting trailer. It looks to be a lot of fun watching it now. It looks fine, but like if this trailer just came out this weekend, it wouldn't be enough to pique my interest to go see it in theaters. And it's also fairly spoiler heavy. So I did not watch this trailer before the movie. So a lot of the twists in this movie were new to me. I heard a lot of people that saw the trailers when they came out were pretty frustrated that a lot of the surprises are spoiled for them going into the movie. As for a plot for this movie, um, there really is no plot <laughs> until about an hour into the film. 
when you realize the bad guy, or should I say bad girl, bad woman, is using her drugs to essentially blackmail at least the United States into legalizing drugs because only she has the cure. She's the number one drug dealer in the world. Also, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, listeners. If uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, I'm going to be getting into spoilers in this review. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, click pause, go check out the movie and come back and click play. But as I was saying, all of the Kingsmen perish in this movie, except for Eggsy and Merlin. Yeah, even Roxy goes and she's in the first few minutes and I was happy to see her back. I really wanted them to have a love interest. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen in this in this installment, at least. So she's gone, supposedly. The trailer did spoil that Harry is back after seemingly dying, being shot, you know, point blank in the face. No, he has been resurrected in this movie. And so that leads me to believe that other characters could come back because Merlin does die at the end as well. So um pretty surprising that's kind of the plot in an eggshell or should i say an eggsy shell is that um yeah the kingsmen are wiped out um by this ruthless bizarre you know brady mother-esque villain living up in the jungle in a 70s 50s 70 i don't know style world it's highly strange highly 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 off the wall bug nuts, similar to the first one, but really amped up to an 11 in this one. So one of the first things that I was very happy to see is the kind of frenetic energy of the first one is back. That was somewhat of a detriment last time. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it was like, this is really over the top. This time is in a very exciting opening car chase. The CGI is still not great despite the larger budget. I think it kind of looks like Speed Racer, that Wachowski film, which I did see in theaters when it came out. I highly enjoyed it. Going back now, I don't know what I would think about it. But nevertheless, this gives me some heavy Speed Racer vibes if it was crossed over into a James Bond world. It's also very surprising to see Charlie is still alive, who was his schoolmate antagonist in the previous film. He is, of course, everybody's coming back. Everybody's alive. It don't overthink this kind of movie as far as you know the laws of nature and physics go i will say this has not just a guy Ritchie feeling anymore but almost like a terry gilliam or david lynch feeling when eggsy is kind of poking his head out of the back of the seat and he's being pulled through it really does look like something lynch would have done in maybe one of his old short films uh this immediately tells you what kind of movie you're in. You're in Spy Kids, the Robert Rodriguez franchise, but for adults, though with a really healthy serving of Fast and Furious car chases and craziness, at least for this opening here, and at least for certain sections of the film. I will say throughout the whole film, this is 100% a Spy Kids movie. And I haven't really heard anybody else say that except me, which I find to be very surprising. But this, I mean, it's hard hard to miss. This is 100% Spy Kids. Um, as for this, like, 50s nostalgia in the jungle, I don't understand it. I think it's really strange. It, I don't think it works for me whatsoever. Um, at first, it's kind of a cool thing to see, but it doesn't serve much of the movie's, you know, plot purposes anyways. The one thing that I'm questioning right off the bat, though, 
I'm not sure this crazy Spy Kids villainous plot is going to work, partially because I don't even know what it is. And second off, it's a bit of a Sweeney Todd mixture here where, you know, you're chopping people up and like eating them. It's this bizarre cannibalistic 50s homemaker vibe. Um, the plot of the villain isn't even articulated until 60 minutes into the movie, which is way too long. The other thing is this is so sequel-y. It works for some movies, particularly family movies or kids movies. This is obviously what Vaughn is going for. He wants to make this one of those obvious sequels where it kind of gives you a catch up in the first 15 to 30 minutes of these characters' lives, but then it goes into, you know, hard sequel territory where they, well, not all sequels, but some sequels where they completely wipe out everything in the first movie. That is a trope and that is the one they go for here. I don't think it's necessarily the right decision. It's pretty shocking, but it does feel very sequel-y with kind of some returning villains. Um, these characters have matured a little bit. Um, nevertheless, I cannot say I'm thrilled about the inclusion of the statesman. 30 minutes into this movie is when we get their inclusion. I am feeling the itch to touch the button to show me how much time is left in this movie. Come to find out, I've got about two hours left. And just, a not, just not enough of the plot is being presented to me or, or progressing. I really feel like we're stalling here for some reason. All of the statesmen have these really goofy names. And the way they even find out about the statesmen is honestly bizarre why in the world are they kept a secret from each other maybe next week i'll find out with the prequel film doesn't make sense that they're kept a secret from each other and why all of these agencies have to work solo and there's i guess they just address well we know they don't address you know national problems they address international problems because valentine was an international supervillain. for some reason the statesman didn't get involved uh, for instance, um, these characters' names are bizarre. Coming back to that, Ginger Ale, Agent Tequila, Whiskey, Champagne. I find these to be stupid. Stupid as can be, Agent Tequila is Channing Tatum? And just because he's a cowboy, that means he's tequila? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And of course, we come to find the big twist, Harry Hart is alive. 30 minutes into the movie. Now, 30 minutes later is when he finally recovers his memories. So if I haven't brought it up already, the plot, like the pacing of this movie is ridiculous. Now, the original, you know, rough cut of the film, the initial cut that was screened was, I heard about three hours and 20 minutes long. So they've cut about an hour out of this film. There might be an hour of bonus footage on the disc. I didn't check, honestly. Um, I know they didn't come out with a director's cut of any kind. I don't know who in the world would even sit through a three and a half hour version of this movie. Maybe some people would. This movie at 121 minutes is unjustifiable. It is languid. It is bloated. It is wildly meandering. And I found that to be incredibly disappointing because the pacing of the first film was pretty solid for the most part. They were really able to maintain my interest, even if I wasn't finding it to be terribly exciting or investing. They still kept my interest. They cannot keep my interest with this whatsoever. There are too many lingering questions, too many give-me's. 
this is after a certain point and it's really frustrating because they do set the villain up early on but they don't set her plot up soon enough so i think they're going to lose a lot of people within once that first hour mark hits or even sooner i think a lot of people are going to be like you know what i gave you an hour and you're asking me to give you another hour and 20 minutes almost another feature length runtime for this movie and i just don't think it's justifiable because at a certain point, I'll, I'll be honest, listeners, where I tapped out was at the Glastonbury Music Festival, this Coachella-like music festival. And I'm just thinking, this is really uninteresting <laughs> at this point. I don't feel the stakes. The last movie made it pretty clear up front that there was going to be some earth-shattering consequences. And that's really not made present until over an hour into the film. And I just couldn't go along with it. So, listeners, I shut this movie off. I actually did not finish Kingsman The Golden Circle because I knew I had another hour and 20 minutes to go or a little less than that. I just felt like it was going to be a waste of time. I already didn't have a great time with the first one. This one was really, really testing my patience. I feel like I gave it a fair shot. I was somewhat into it. Here in the beginning, it started off strong. And this, this movie just crashes and burns for me. And I know people that even like this movie do have significant issues with pacing, with some ridiculous plot flaws, with this movie being fairly lazy, with retreading on the first one. I don't care that Harry has lost his memory. I don't want to see him try and regain his memory by doing old Kingsman tests. This feels like we're going backwards, and I'm not enthused with that whatsoever. Some of the other things that I just found to be bad in this movie is Eggsy's friends are not the same characters from the original. These are either recast characters or just new people in general. I found that to be really strange and actually annoying. Uh, he's also with a Swedish princess whom he fornicated with in the end of the original film. Why, why did they end up together? I, I don't understand this whatsoever. And they do hint at a potential love triangle or romance with Roxy and that's quickly snuffed out so it doesn't make any sense the Swedish princess whom I thought honestly in the last movie was like 35 years old I thought she was at least 10 years older than him and maybe she is but I don't know she's hanging out in the hood with his friends I don't get that um his friend finds his gadgets too easily which almost blows everything up and that's kind of a false scare uh, if people can come into his house and find his stuff that easily, then he's in big trouble. Also, when the Kingsmen are blown up, I found that to be really goofy. So all the things that I felt were too over top about the first movie, this is like extra beyond belief. I, I'm, it works for some directors. It really does. It works for some storytellers where it's just kind of crazy. You know, everything is just throw everything at the wall over the top stuff. And some of it is like, you know what? This is really fun. This, for instance, really falls flat, and it's just trying way too hard. It's trying too hard. And by this point, Deadpool had come out, and it was this irreverent big success where it was violent and profane and kind of shocking, but somewhat engaging as well. Well, not somewhat, incredibly engaging to a lot of audiences. This just cannot figure it out, and it's ridiculously long. So, I got to say, listeners, Kingsman the Golden Circle, from what I saw, is a gonzo extravaganza of sloppy confusion. The pacing is wildly off, considering we don't even begin to understand the villain's motivations until an hour into the film. 
You still have roughly 70 minutes to go, but my goodness, rarely do I see a film that undermines a good portion of the last movie in the first 30 minutes and then spends another 30 setting up an entirely new premise with the villain peppered throughout and then retread sections of the first movie and then finally actually getting into the actual crux of the film an hour and a half into the film, basically. Vaughn forgot to tell me why I should care, or at least he forgot to tell me before I shut it off, and I gave this an hour. I don't often do this at SSG, but I'm not going to waste my time on something that doesn't interest me. Will I ever return and finish this one? Well, never say never. If a sequel to this ever comes out, I may come back and finish it off, but as this movie proves, the franchise doesn't necessarily care too much about continuity. Needless to say, this sequel is a huge misstep, and I'm not the only one saying that. Kingsman The Golden Circle receives an automatic 4 stars out of 10 with a solid not recommend. Once again, I'm very worried what next week has in store after seeing those ratings, but I'm slightly optimistic it will be different enough to work for me. Wish me luck, listeners. I think it's no surprise would I pick this one up on Blu-ray or would I pass? It's a hard pass. I am never adding this one to my collection unless I have some, you know, strange radical change of heart, which I highly doubt is going to happen. Well, other film and TV recommendations I have for you, I'm going to be recommending the one, the only, the original Robert Rodriguez Spy Kids film. That movie is a lot of fun. And you know what? I'm going to be recommending another Rodriguez film, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, actually, because this really does feature some crazy stuff. And I think if you want some crazy stuff, hit up Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But that Spy Kids, I gotta say, it still holds up. It's still a lot of fun. It's it's far more fun than this movie, I gotta say. Well, shortly after the release of this one, Matthew Vaughn talked up making one more to finish off the trilogy, and he talked it up for years until he decided to do a prequel with no returning characters. But in just a few months, he'll start shooting the official third installment to be released next year. So due to COVID pushbacks, it did take four years and three months between these two movies for the quote third installment to come out. So the King's Man, from what I understand, is an origin telling of how the Kingsman even came about. This is interesting that and highly strange, I think, that Vaughn was talking about he had the script ready. He had it all ready for the third film, supposedly. And then he decided to do a prequel film, and then he's going to go back and finish the trilogy. So initially, he was talking about finishing off the trilogy and then going to do spinoffs, but sounds like he's already eager to do spinoffs already. Well, listeners, the question after the show, am I missing something? Is Kingsman the Golden Circle actually a decent sequel? Should I give it another shot? I really want to know what you all think so go ahead and send me an email the email address is down below so you can see what that is it's silverscreenguide95 at gmail.com go ahead and comment wherever you're listening i'm curious to know is this one actually a good one and i'm, I'm just not giving it a fair shake should i go back maybe if i finished it i would actually have lightened up on it a little bit you know what i'll tell you this kind of reminds me uh, very much of a James Gunn style where it worked for Guardians of the Galaxy, but to me, I thought it was abysmal in the new Suicide Squad movie that he did. I know a lot of people enjoyed that film. That kind of over-the-top stuff can work or it can't. It is a real 50-50 type of thing. 
And for here, it, it really fell flat. It really crashed hard, unfortunately. Well, listeners, thank you for joining me on my review of Kingsman, The Golden Circle. If you haven't hit subscribed already, make sure you click that button so you don't miss next week's review. And speaking of which, we will be coming back to, as of now, finish off the Kingsman franchise retrospective review. So make sure to join me next week, listeners, for The King's Man. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.